Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. Presented by Pastano. On today's show, we're talking Super Bowl 50. Brian sits down with the Director of Business Development for Pastano, Brian Cheek. Then we talk all the Super Bowl parties with Brian Gordon from Engine Shop. And finally, we talk celebrity and brand partnerships with the Managing Director of Octagon First Call, David Schwab. I think brands are evaluating what is the smart approach and what's the most cost-effective approach to reach masses and stay relevant at the game when you've got 100-plus million people and so you become water-cooler conversation the next day. Now, with Sports Business Radio, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show dedicated to covering the business side of sports. We're happy to be powered by our friends at Pistano. Follow them online at Pistano.com or on Twitter at Pistano. We've got a great show lined up for you this week. Super Bowl 50 preview. We'll start with Brian Cheek from Pistano. We'll discuss the social media trends around Super Bowl 50. We'll look back on Pistano's social efforts around the college football playoff championship game featuring Alabama and Clemson. That's coming up with Brian Cheek in our next segment. Brian Gordon, our friend from the Engine Shop, he's been on with us before. Gordon and his team are producing the exclusive ESPN party. I had a chance to go to that last year. It's awesome. It's going to feature the world's top athletes and musical guest Nick Jonas. So they went big with the musical guest this year. Brian's going to give us the lay of the land for the ESPN party and all of the other top Super Bowl parties in San Francisco this week. That's coming up with Brian Gordon from the Engine Shop. Then David Schwab, the managing director of Octagon First Call, and he's a celebrity and brand partnership expert. David and I will discuss what to expect from the companies who are spending $5 million plus for their Super Bowl ads during the CBS broadcast of Super Bowl 50 on Sunday, and which athletes are primed to help their brand the most this Sunday. A quick reminder to you that our friend Mark King, Adidas Group President for North America, who was with us on the show last week, he launched a new podcast this week. It's called Extraordinary Happens, Competing in Sports, Business, and Life. You can find King's conversations with people like Aaron Rodgers, Vaughn Miller, Pam Oliver, and Eric Berry on iTunes and on SoundCloud. King is going to join me again in a few weeks here on Sports Business Radio to discuss sports business, Adidas, and his new podcast. I'm joined now by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? I'm doing great. I love Super Bowl week, and our show is just stack-packed full of great information and uh, fascinating stuff. I love David Schwab's interview. I mean, just, just talking about how much these uh, commercials cost and the, uh, you know, the working of the athletes and celebrities into them, it's uh, a fascinating interview. So great show today. I'm excited for the Super Bowl, and uh, hey, it's a good week. Hey, we're going to get to our Super Bowl predictions in a minute, but let's do a quick rundown of some of the celebrities who you're going to see on Super Bowl Sunday in the commercial. So Acura has a commercial. Van Halen, the music, is in the commercial. Not really a big deal. Uh, Amazon, Alec Baldwin, Dan Marino, Missy Elliott are in their commercials. Uh, Lil Wayne and Jeff Goldblum are in the Apartments.com commercials. David Bowie music is in the Audi commercial. 
Scott Bayo is in the avocados from Mexico commercial. Avocados from Mexico must be making a lot of money because if they're spending five million plus, but I'm guessing they didn't probably have to pay Scott Bayo millions to appear in that spot. Probably not. Probably not. No. This was probably an expensive one, and it always is. Bud Light, you've seen the teaser spots. Amy Schumer, Seth Rogen, Michael Pena, um, also Budweiser, Helen Mirren. So uh, they went big with celebrities. Hyundai, Ryan Reynolds, I've seen that spot. Also Kevin Hart. So they spent some money on the celebs. Kia has Christopher Walken. LG, this was maybe the most expensive commercial to produce. Liam Neeson, Michael Neeson. Ridley Scott, world-renowned producer, and Jake Scott, director of the LG spot. So you're going to want to watch that. Uh, Mini USA, so the car. Abby Wambach, Serena Williams, Tony Hawk, Randy Johnson, Harvey Keitel are some of the people in that spot. Mobile Strike used Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think we've seen that spot before. Uh, let's see. Who else? Uh, Skittles employed Steven Tyler the former head man of Aerosmith. Uh, Drake is in the T-Mobile spot. And then Taco Bell used James Harden, amongst others. TurboTax used James Lipton, who's uh, one of my favorites, host of Inside the Actor Studio on the Bravo Network. So those are some of the celebrities that you'll see. You know, it's not Michael Jordan. It's not LeBron James. It's not some of the iconic names, but uh, some pretty big names, and I'm sure some... Good amounts of money spent to secure those names, Griggs. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's interesting, too, as you went to that list, which companies chose to use athletes as opposed to celebrities and which ones kind of cross-referenced them both. But um, I've seen the the one I, I love already is Alec Baldwin and Dan Marino. I think that's hilarious. I love it. And uh, they've pushed a couple of those out. So I've seen a few of those and a couple of the other ones. But I'm excited, as always, just to see how they put these together. And um, I think uh, Bud Light, Budweiser ones are always uh, pretty fascinating because they just spend a fortune on production. So as a producer, I love seeing their stuff because it always turns out pretty good. But I'm excited to see how they all how they all play out. Well, and as you said, uh, people are going to want to listen to my conversation with David Schwab from Octagon because a lot of people see, oh, it's $5 million to buy the airtime for a 30-second spot on CBS. That is just the beginning of what you're spending on your Super Bowl ad. And we break those costs down during the conversation with David Schwab. So if you've always wondered, like, what does the Super, Super Bowl spot really cost? Listen to my conversation with David Schwab. All right, Griggs, it's time. Super Bowl 50 predictions. Give me yours. Here's what I'm thinking. I, I mean, I, I would love to see Denver win because I grew up a Denver fan. love John Elway, the whole you know old-school Denver Broncos. So I, I kind of want them to win. Plus, it'd be fun to see Peyton win, possibly, on his last game, the Super Bowl champion. But I think Cam Newton, Jonathan Stewart, and the defense of Carolina is going to end up beating them. I think Carolina by 10. I think it'll be uh, – I'm going to go – 24 to 24 to 10, 24 to 13, something like that. Okay. Uh, I'm along the same lines of thinking as you. I'd like to see Peyton Manning get his uh, last victory on his way out, go out like John Elway did. Ironically, he would be, uh, it would be career victory number 200, which would be the most all time. He's tied with uh, Brett Favre mm-hmm. right now. So he would take that title home as well. But uh, I just think Carolina, I think this is their year. Yeah, I almost think this might turn out to be a, a rematch of Seattle, Denver, what we saw a few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, where it was what forty-eight to nine or something like something that, like or forty-three that, yeah. to nine. I mean, I just think Carolina is a much better team on both sides of the ball. I think Denver's got a great defense, but I don't know that they've seen anyone like Cam Newton before. 
So uh, I, I think, unfortunately, I think it's going to be a widespread, and I think Carolina is going to uh, come out on top. So we'll see. You know, it's why I'm not uh, a handicapper. I know there's some interesting prop bets. Get this, Griggs. The weirdest prop bet I saw, and this is actually like the worst odds I've ever seen for something like this, 10 to 1 that there will be an earthquake that will be worth mentioning during the game by the CBS announcers, ten to one. I mean, oh, wow. wouldn't you think it would be like a thousand to one that there would be, you know, an earthquake that would have a magnitude, kind of like the World Series with the Giants and the A's years ago, where they go, "Oh, we're having an earthquake," and and they actually stopped the game and cleared the stadium. I hope that doesn't happen. No. But ten to one odds? Are you serious? Like that's got to be the worst odds for something like that that I've ever seen. There are some really bizarre prop bets. Uh, I would invite you to. Follow RJ Bell, our friend from uh, Vegas. RJ in Vegas, I believe, is his handle on Twitter. He'll have all the prop bets for you. But of all the prop bets, I mean, we see the coin toss. We see length of national anthem, um, things like that. I just thought 10 to 1 for an earthquake during the game, worth mentioning by the CBS broadcast. Wow. That's yeah. that's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. I, I am looking forward to Lady Gaga singing the National Anthem. I think that'll be good. And Coldplay, not a big fan for halftime, but I'm sure it'll be a great show because they always just go crazy on those things. So I think the entertainment side of it will be fun, too. All right, coming up next, Brian Cheek from Pastano will discuss social media trends around Super Bowl 50, and we'll discuss some other social media efforts. Brian Gordon from The Engine Shop will talk Super Bowl parties with him, and David Schwab from Octagon will talk about... Super Bowl ads and which athletes are primed to help their brands the most this Sunday. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in touch with SBR on Twitter. Twitter.com slash SB Radio. Powered by Postano. Welcome to my Hi, it's Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio, but also the founder and CEO of the exclusive Sports PR Summit. The Sports PR Summit is an annual event bringing together senior PR executives from the sports world, national media members, and pro athletes for a full day of panel discussion, featured conversations, and face-to-face networking in New York City. Past speakers have included ESPN reporter Jeremy Schapp, Sports Illustrated executive editor John Wartime, former NFL veterans Tiki Barber and Derek Mason, NBA Senior VP of PR Mike Bass, and other top PR minds from across the sports world. The 2016 Sports PR Summit will take place on Tuesday, May 17th at the Players Tribune, which is a new digital media platform created and curated by some of the world's top athletes and founded by former Yankees great Derek Jeter. The Sports PR Summit is an invite-only event limited to 125 attendees. If you're a senior sports PR executive and you'd like to be invited to the 2016 Sports PR Summit at the Players Tribune in New York City, get in touch with us via the Sports PR Summit website at sportsprsummit.com. That's sportsprsummit.com. Follow the Sports PR Summit on Twitter and Instagram at Sports PR Summit and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Sports PR Summit. I hope to see you at the 2016 Sports PR Summit on May 17th at the Players' Tribune in New York City. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. My guest is Brian Cheek. He is the Director of Business Development for Pistano. Our friends at Pistano, we are powered by Pistano. Find them online at pistano.com. Find them on Twitter at Pistano. Brian, how are you? 
Good, Brian. How are you? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you as well. You had a busy start of the new year. You and the team at Pistano were heavily involved with the college football playoff. Tell us what you did around that big event. Yeah, college football playoff, uh, you know, great client for Pistano, uh, really sees the value in social engagement. Uh, so we took a team of four of us uh, for about six or seven days down in greater Phoenix area and really activated everywhere across their footprint. So within the Fan Central, uh, where three days where fans can come in, you know, um, ex- get exposed to some of the great sponsors at College Football Playoff, we created a social zone in there with a few activities and, um, and, and enabling fans to interact with a screen and showing content for their particular school. Uh, we then um, activated a playlist live, which is where the outdoor concerts were. Um, this year they were free to the public and a great setting in downtown Phoenix. Open all day, literally from 12 uh, p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, had several towers around the footprint as well as two 50-foot high screens that flanked the stage. And social was a very big component of that. And then, of course, um, you know, the game itself. Um, you know, this year we, we did a few elements that were similar to last year. One of the ones we did introduce this year, though, was uh, our Twitter vote was pretty unique and interesting. We actually did a Twitter vote for each team, and each team's fan base got to uh, vote via Twitter on their uh, favorite play of the year. And we actually showcased uh, three looping videos that were on the screen uh, showcasing the three plays. So. Not static um, imagery uh, for the for the Twitter voting application, but actually live video feed that was uh, streaming in there. So we did the social battle again. Uh, the Twitter voting um, engagement was about up 40% year over year. Um, and then we also um, set up a uh, social city, which was uh, by AT&T. And that was a 20-foot by 20-foot tented area where we actually set up our command center where fans were able to go into the tent, engage with you know, some brand ambassadors, uh, be able to play around, switch the screen that they were interested in, um, bring in when you know, Bama fans came in, we could change the wall to all Bama content and vice versa for Clemson. So, you know, all in all, um, you know, CFB is dedicated to social and that experience uh, for their fans for the entire week. And um, that was uh, that was the various things that we did. And overall, it was very well received. You guys do big events so well. Obviously, you work with teams like the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Boston Red Sox, the L.A. Kings, Dallas Cowboys. But emojis have become big, especially, you know, whether it's championship games or all-star games. Tell us about how teams, leagues, big events are using emojis more so than ever before. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's really fun to watch. Um, I mean, Twitter itself has, has obviously started to do, you know, emojis specific for hashtags, um, which is great about it is it makes it, again, very visual. So, uh, for instance, in the national championship game, uh, they had a graphic up on the end zone screen, uh, no Twitter, you know, basically saying, hey, share your tweets uh, tonight's game, hashtag national championship, hashtag roll tide or hashtag all in. And, you know, the Twitter-specific emojis will automatically populate your tweets. Um, I mean, Twitter said that engagement number goes up, you know, pretty drastically when they add those. Um, I agree with them. Uh, you know, fans just love that type of thing when 
know, they hashtag all in and the Clemson pause, you know, is right on the tweet. We can obviously you know, then showcase that on the visuals that we, we create. Um, you know, you're starting to see him now for obviously Super Bowl 50 and, um, you know, even the touchdown emoji and, you know, all those. It's, again, almost like that uh, branding, if you will, for the school's emojis and their hashtags. So that was really fun to watch um, and see that engagement uh, tick up on Twitter. So we know Alabama beat Clemson on the football field, but who won in the battle of social media? Yeah, the social battle was really close all week long. It was um, we had it running in the command center as well, so anybody who came by was uh, uh, you know saw that visually. And it was about it was trending like fifty one to you know forty nine, fifty two to forty eight in favor of Clemson pretty much the entire week. Um, in the first quarter, we introduced it at the game and, and showed the current uh, standing with Clemson. I think it was ahead by 3% um, at the time we put it up. Um, and by the time we announced the social champion in the third quarter, uh, Roll Tide took them over and won by four. So last year, it was um, uh, kind of a landslide with Ohio State you know, the entire way. Uh, this year was actually really fun to watch the crowd react. Um, and obviously, Bama did not want to... Uh, did not want to lose, so they uh, the old hashtag roll tide for two quarters uh, took them over. Brian Sheik, the director of business development for Pistano, is our guest. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Brian, give our listeners three tips on you know. Let's say you're Alabama or you're Clemson. You're in a big event like the college football playoff. How do you? warm up your Twitter followers, your social media followers to let them know that you want them to engage on social media? Yeah, I think it's awareness and it's content, right? I think the fans react to great content. So the teams that can share on social, whether it's that behind the scenes, you know, type of information or photo, whether it's locker room, it's a picture by the bus. You saw the teams this year, you know, periscoping quite a bit or, um, you know, videoing, videoing uh, their team coming off the plane at the airport. So if, if your fans are, if your fans know that you're creating incredible content, they'll obviously follow that stream, but they'll also then participate. Um, so, it's, you know, it, what we've learned at Pisano is it's content and it's, and it's how powerful that content is and, and what it is that derives participation. Um, so it's it's just sharing that story, right, of um, everything about the college football playoff. That's great stuff. Now, you've got some other big events coming up. You guys work uh, regularly on the Kentucky Derby. I know you've got uh, a tennis event coming up. Tell us about those and what you'll be doing at those big events. Yeah, we um, yeah Kentucky Derby will be going back for the second year. Um, we're going to be adding some you know kind of photo booth activations um, in that space. Uh, this year. Um, tennis, uh, we did the U.S. Open last year, and, and this year now we're, we're um, working with uh, FILA for the BNP Parabas Tournament in, in Palm Springs in March. Um, so that's, uh, that's really exciting for us to do that. Um, again, I think, you know, these big brands, big events are just learning that, you know, social content and social engagement is extremely valuable. Last time we had someone from Bastano on it with Justin Garrity, and we talked about the debut of Hashtag Analytics. For our listeners who haven't heard about Hashtag Analytics, tell them about it, and how's it going? Yeah, the Hashtag Analytics product is um, extremely um, you know, valuable to our clients. So what we, uh, what we did for major events 
um, and other things uh, before we had hashtag analytics was we prepared what we called um, like event wrap-up reports. So we would deliver to clients after after our events, you know, data around the activation, volume of content, uh, potential reach, those types of uh, statistical information that obviously proved, you know, the uh, the reason why they made the investment in social. Um, so we've taken that and basically I built it into the platform now. So um, we also sell it online um, as, a, as a standalone uh, product. Um, it's called uh, Fasano Hashtag Analytics. Um, it's really obviously just that. It's geared around the hashtag. So um, all of our clients, whether they're running you know, campaigns that go on for periods of time or a specific event hashtag, in our platform now is available to them data around the activity on that hashtag on Instagram and Twitter as well as we've partnered with a company called StatSocial to deliver some pretty interesting demographics data about the participants on Twitter that are participating with that hashtag. So, you know, gender makeup and income distribution, um, uh, ethnicity, um, looking at the top posts, what's getting the most activity, what's getting the most interaction, uh, what are some of their favorite TV shows? Who are their influencers? What are the top at replies? So when they tweet or Instagram to the hashtag, who are they mentioning in those uh, pieces of content? So it's really some interesting insight for our brands and our partners uh, to look at um, and even see differentiation amongst campaigns, right? So you could have you know, a brand that's doing multiple events and they might have different hashtags and even seeing the uh, you know, differences of those fans that are following those different hashtag campaigns is really uh, interesting insight to them. So it's part of our platform now for any new engagements, um, as well as any clients that obviously are renewing year over year. Um, and it's available and updated every day in the back end of the platform. There's some pretty cool um, kind of WYSIWYG editor in there to create custom reports, um, you know, so you can you know, uh, drag and drop them around, create a dashboard, you know, look and feel. Um, it's all branded in the Pistano way. So when we connect to those sources on Instagram and Twitter, we're pulling in, you know, like their, you know, photo from uh, their backdrop on Twitter and that picking up some of their color schemes. So um, it's, it, it looks like their brand when they log into the hashtag analytics. Well, I love hashtag analytics, but I also am always blown away by the command center. Before I let you go, tell our audience about the Pistano Command Center. Yeah, the Command Center, um, you know, it means a lot of things to a lot of people. To, to us, um, it, we definitely think we have a differentiation uh, with our Command Center where it's very interactive and uh, very nimble. So it's not a build once and regret. Um, it's a build once and iterate um, as you go. Um, and it's all controlled with a remote control, which that remote control is like an iPad or an iPhone. So it works off of dimensions. Um, it's dynamic. It's real time. It surfaces, again, some of these things like we're talking about within hashtag analytics from influencers to top posts. It has a geographical map of where people are participating across the world. It has a photo stream, you know, Instagram and Twitter. Um, but again, it's really valuable in that collaborative marketing environment. Uh, terrific for product launches, for big events. Um, the fans at college football playoff enjoyed watching it. I mean, you, to watch an Alabama fan walk up and go, wow, someone's tweeting a roll tide in Shanghai or something. It's like pretty fun to see that reach, you know, of those specific uh, dimensions and hashtags. So, 
Um, you know, again, it's a, it's a very immersive, you know, large wall of screen uh, that, again, in the Postano way, we, we create that visual that is very stunning. So it becomes a very, um, you know, uh, showcase in an executive offices as well as very informative for a marketing slash social team. Well, great stuff, as always, from Brian Cheek, the Director of Business Development for Pistano. You can find them online at Pistano.com or on Twitter at Pistano. I invite you to go to Pistano.com and check out the visuals of the command center. It is really awesome. You can also learn more about their hashtag analytic services that they offer. Brian, best of luck with everything you have coming up, and we'll talk to you again soon. Great. Thanks, Brian. Good talk to you again. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. This is Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger, powered by Postano. More of the show coming up. Hi, it's Brian Berger. Here at Sports Business Radio, we are proud to work with our partners, Postano. They make a sports-proven visual marketing platform that I've personally been amazed to see. Teams like the Dallas Cowboys, Boston Red Sox, LA Kings, and Cleveland Cavaliers all use Postano to engage their fans. When sports teams and fans tell their stories together, amazing things can happen. Every fan has a story. Whether you want to put selfies on the Jumbotron, create a dynamic social media command center, or activate a hashtag campaign on your website, Postano can design an amazing social experience true to your brand. Even better, using the Pistano platform can pay for itself through selling sponsorships. As an example, the Kings sell sponsor space to Toyota and other clients and run the ads using Pistano. Want to see what your team's social content could look like? Schedule a demo today. Go to pistano.com slash sports. If you're a fan of this podcast, you understand the real power of engaging your fans. And these guys get it. That is P-O-S-T-A-N-O dot com. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. With Super Bowl 50 coming up, some of the best parties by corporations are thrown every year at the Super Bowl. As he's done the last few years, Brian Gordon from the Engine Shop is joining us on Sports Business Radio. You can find them on Twitter at Engine Shop, and you can find them online at EngineShopAgency.com. Brian, how are you? I'm well. How are you doing? Good. I know this is a super busy time of year for you guys. So once again, you're doing the ESPN party. Uh, I had the pleasure of coming to that last year thanks to you guys and was blown away by the production and the people that were there. What do you have on tap with that party this year? More of the same. More of the same. I think, uh, you know, there is a trend this year of people going a little bit smaller, a little bit more exclusive. Uh, I think last year ESPN was up to about 4,000 people. Uh, should be a very intimate 2,500 this year. Uh, again, major live performances. Can't talk about exactly who that is yet. Uh, unless you've heard, then maybe I can. I've heard uh, Nick Jonas. Who do we got? Nick Jonas, Nick Jonas is going to be there. Yes. Yep. Don't be jealous. And, Don't uh, be jealous. Music, He'll be there. That's great. Music by Dean Ice. There you go. See? see, you don't even need me anymore. You're such a pro on this. You don't even need me. I do my homework. I got to see who you have coming. Every year it gets bigger and better. Yeah, no, it should be. It should be great. And again, it's, uh, you know, at, at Fort Mason, uh, amazing venue, which I think has become a hallmark of the ESPN events. And obviously that production value, you go in there and brands really focus on, 
you know, investing in activations and wowing people at that event, probably more than any other event at Super Bowl. So it's interesting that you said kind of the less is more is going on this year. Like, why do you think that is? Is it just people want to scale down or is it people want more intimacy at these events? Well, I think it's a couple of things. You know, number one, San Francisco's a tough market. Any major city, uh, it's challenging to find huge spaces that can accommodate the large numbers of people. Um, and number two, I think we've seen a really interesting trend at this Super Bowl, which is uh, a little bit more of a focus on NFL events, on Super Bowl 50 events, uh, and on brands that are NFL partners investing behind you know, what is a special year for Super Bowl. Uh, and I think some of the other events around Super Bowl, even big ones like ESPN or DirecTV, are scaling back just a little bit and almost showing a little bit of deference to what the NFL has on tap for this year. Yeah, it's interesting. I looked at the, you know, the various parties and, uh, you know, I get a kick out of the Playboy party, $1,250 to get in, but they note that Hugh Hefner is not expected to attend. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and probably no real bunnies and everything else. And I think, you know, that's one of the things to look for this year is, is the, the harder it is to find a ticket to buy, you know, that's the event that you want to be at. And I think more and more the trend for a lot of the parties that five or six years ago were just impossible tickets, and you really had to go to uh, the secondary market to figure out whether somebody had one or not. You know, Maxim, Playboy, Leather and Laces, a lot of these events, they're paid parties now, and tickets are just available for, for sale. I think the ESPNs, the direct TVs, are a few of the events that have remained truly exclusive private events. Now, can you get tickets? Yeah, sometimes you could find tickets out there. But in general, those are still the parties that have kind of preserved the integrity of what we used to think of as those exclusive Super Bowl parties. Brian Gordon from The Engine Shop is joining me. You can find them online at engineshopagency.com. So, Brian, you know, we've seen a lot over the last decade or so with parties. Uh, You know, there was the recession and people cut back on the parties. Now it seems like they're you know, putting a little bit more money into the parties. What do you see as far as that trend is concerned? As far as if you're ESPN or you're a company, DirecTV, Pepsi, how much are you spending generally ballpark on, on a party? Well, I, I think, you know, first, again, we're talking about a lot of trends this year that have become really evident. Uh, if from a marketing standpoint, brands are spending more and deeper in existing relationships. I think that's a trend you're seeing across marketing in general, and it's no different within sports and and football. Uh, and so I think that's why you're seeing fewer ancillary events. Uh, ancillary events are a little bit smaller because brands, generally speaking, are investing behind their core sponsorships. They're not looking to come and guerrilla Super Bowl the way they were five or ten years ago. Uh, you know, brands that aren't at Super Bowl, they're investing heavily in, in wherever it is that they've got big partnerships or sponsorships. Uh, and so that's the first thing. Um, as part of that, brands a lot of times are already invested in things and they're getting the events on the back of a greater investment. So if you're involved in the NFL events, that may be on the back of your NFL deal. If you're involved in ESPN, that's as a result of the media that you're buying and the, and the relationship you have with ESPN. So I think things have just changed in terms of how marketers are looking at these types of events. They're going deeper with their relationships, and these events are packaged into their overall investments with whoever the entity is that's actually 
throwing the event. So San Francisco is a unique market, great sports city, but boy, lots of 49er Hall of Famers, Joe Montana, Ronnie Lott, and, and many others. I would imagine those guys are pretty busy this week. Yeah, well, and that's my uh, my hometown city almost. I'm, I was born and raised in Sacramento. I grew up a 49er fan during the good old years, and I remember being a kid running around Sierra College during training camp chasing for autographs of Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and Dwight Clark and Ronnie Lott and Roger Craig and all those guys. And, you know, this is one of those times where they've got four or five days to to work hard, run around town, and and make money. And so, yeah, I think those guys are going to be in in huge demand. And you know, again, Super Bowl not only for people in the home city like San Francisco, but retired players, guys that aren't participating, athletes are working hard to make an extra buck over the course of those four or five days. I've been at the last two Super Bowls, and I'm wondering because of the fact that all of the parties and NFL activities for the fans are taking place in San Francisco, but then the game is in Santa Clara. Give us like a lay of the land there. Is that kind of a cluster for people or are they like, oh, it's okay. I'll, I'll drive an hour into Santa Clara for the game. No, man, it's, it's never ideal. You know, and I'm not, I'm never a huge fan of Super Bowl cities where things are that spread out. Right. Uh, you know, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Glendale is like that. San Francisco obviously is like that, and I think people don't even who aren't from the area don't truly have a sense of how far the stadium is from San Francisco proper. It is a trek without Super Bowl traffic, right. much less with Super Bowl traffic. And I think you know that gets on to kind of one of the experiences a lot of people talk about, which is the tailgate. Now, where are you going to be before the game uh, so that you're already situated, having fun? And you don't have to worry about getting on a shuttle bus and driving and going through security and all this stuff. And, you know, this year, NFL on location, which is an official entity, is actually doing what's going to be the most spectacular tailgate because they've actually got space inside the secure grounds. They've got celebrity chefs, Mark Forgione, Nobu, you name it. And that is the creme de la creme of a tailgate experience. And then you don't have to go anywhere. You're on site, you come there, you get great food, you get great hospitality, and you're basically already on site at the game. And so I think one of the things that you know people are going to be trying to figure out is where the heck am I going to be Sunday morning before I get inside the stadium for the game? Yeah, it's crazy uh, outside, and the tailgating I-, I thought was great last year. I'm amazed by the parking prices. My God, it was anywhere from 50 to $200 to park your car last year in Arizona. I can only imagine what it's going to be in San Francisco. Yeah, forget it. But you know what? You're you're driving your car. You're happy to pull out two hundred bucks if you can get a decent space. So, <laughs> you know, God bless them for having the real estate to be able to charge people for parking. I'll pay that money any day. So, before I let you go, other than the ESPN party, which is a huge undertaking, what are some of the other things that you're working on this week leading into Super Bowl Fifty? You know, we oversee all the activation for Mercedes, who is a partner at the Mercedes at the uh, sorry ESPN party. Uh, they're also involved in the big CBS uh, concert event with. Mattel. Metallica that's happening at AT&T Park um, and setting up a giant iron shekel. It's an iron mountain that a professional driver takes you up a 45 degree angle and back down while you have a nice lipstick camera on your facial expressions uh, because it doesn't, 45 degree angle doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're in a G-Wagon going straight up and straight down, it scares the heck out of you. So it's a really cool experience that we're setting up for, uh, for fans at the CBS party. 
Uh, and then we've got Express, who's another one of our clients. They're activating at the ESPN party as well. But in terms of, of parties, the only one that we're doing this year is, is ESPN. But that's a big one. And like I said last year, I so much appreciate you uh, getting me into that. And, you know, it was just a who's who of uh, people in the party. And I can only imagine in San Francisco the names on the guest list will be even bigger. Uh, as we said, Nick Jonas is going to headline that. Grammy-nominated singer, uh, he's fantastic, so that'll be a great party. Yeah, and I think the thing that ESPN, you know, aside from the production value, you've been there. The greatest thing about that event is there's, everybody is truly a VIP, and you'll be standing at the bar and look to your right, and, you know, there's uh, you know, a famous NFL player standing right there hanging out with you, you know, and you look to your left, and there, there's another one, and that's kind of the other hallmark of that party is, you really, really are rubbing elbows with a lot of the athletes and the NFL players that are the who's who. So even for somebody who's in the business or who gets an invite and is on that list, it really is a thrill to go to that party and kind of be hanging out with everybody for, you know, for that night. So look forward to it this year again. The guy that I uh, made note of last year was Tim Tebow. He's not as big as I thought he was. He's, he's you know, he's not a huge guy. So you know, it's interesting. It's always interesting when you see athletes in person because sometimes they look bigger and sometimes they look smaller in person. Yeah, no, no question. And, and a lot of these guys, you do tend to look a little bit smaller, although Tebow probably had, I don't know, 20, 30 extra pounds on him when he was playing. So maybe we're not giving him enough credit. But, yeah, it is uh, It is like that. I remember one guy is uh, is Julian Edelman. I mean, that guy is is smaller than me and you realize what a phenomenal athlete he has to be to you know be probably 5'11 175 or 80 max and be competing at the level he does um it's pretty crazy to see that so i've experienced the same thing seeing some of these guys and hanging out with them in person last question for you because you're in the capital of the world of tech you know i'm wondering facebook twitter Google, are they doing anything to host people, to do parties, or is it kind of quiet on their front? You know, it's a great question. Um, we haven't seen a ton of uh, participation from these sort of techie brands. And going into Super Bowl, I think the, the thought was that there might be a lot of those dollars available, and it really didn't materialize. I think in general, those guys are pretty disciplined, and they're looking more at hospitality than they are at brand experiences. You know, also for those guys, you just came off there, a lot of them, the, the most important week of the year, which is CES just right. a couple of weeks ago. So I think that's that's the big focus for a lot of those brands. But I think you're going to see a lot of the big names at some of the more exclusive private parties, private dinners, you know, rubbing elbows on the hospitality front. Great stuff, as always, from Brian Gordon with The Engine Shop. You can find them on Twitter at Engine Shop or online at EngineShopAgency.com. Brian, good luck with Super Bowl 50, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All righty. Thanks again, as always. We'll see you out there. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. This is SBR, powered by Postano. More after this. Hello, everyone. Mark King here, president of Adidas Group North America. One of the most inspiring parts of my job is the conversations I have every day with extraordinary people who are shaping the sports landscape. I talk to athletes, league executives, athletic directors, and agents, and now I'm bringing these conversations to you through my new podcast series, Extraordinary Happens, Competing in Sports, Business, and Life. This series dives deeper into what inspires the people who are leading change in sport, both on and off the field. 
I want to know what makes them tick and uncover how they're challenging convention to make extraordinary things happen for their teams, their businesses, and themselves. And I want to share those stories and insights with you. Tune in to my bi-weekly episodes of Extraordinary Happens on iTunes and Stitcher. And remember, get out there, challenge each other, lead change, and make extraordinary happen. This is Sports Business Radio. My guest is David Schwab. He is the managing director of Octagon First Call. He's a celebrity and brand partnership expert. You can find him on Twitter at David underscore Schwab. David's been on the show before. David, welcome back to Sports Business Radio. How are you? Doing great, thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Uh, big week for people in your shoes. Uh, I want to start with which brands are most prevalent heading into Super Bowl 50 this weekend, in your opinion? This Super Bowl year is the most quiet I have seen Super Bowl marketing since social media really became an everyday thing seven or eight years really? ago. Really? Uh, yeah. There are fewer campaigns that announce strategies and celebrities in December and even up until this week. Uh, we've almost reverted back to a little bit of where we were before social media. So knowing that, I don't think one brand has stuck out as a clear winner because the strategies have been very soft in terms of announcing things going in. You're starting to see all the news now as Bud Light starts rattling off, or excuse me, Anheuser-Busch, what they'll do with their three or four minutes of time and the press releases and the video content of the Christopher Walkins and the Kias, that type of work will start to hit. But there's not one right now that has taken ownership of the space like you used to see. So why do you think things have gotten quiet? I, one, it's expensive. And with advertising costs at $5 million plus, when you factor production and celebrity and PR firm and marketing strategies, it's an eight-figure investment if you really want to start in December and go through the Super Bowl. So dollars certainly have to be a factor. Also, because everybody is creating video and digital content all the time, it's harder to separate yourself. So I think brands are evaluating what is the smart approach and what's the most cost-effective approach to reach masses and stay relevant at the game when you've got 100-plus million people, and so you become water cooler conversation the next day. So, and that's for the Super Bowl advertisers that I'm talking about. Certainly, if you are not an advertiser in the game, you're trying to disrupt the flow, right? and you're trying to break through the clutter and be a face or one of a few faces uh, that is perceived by the public as a marketing winner, uh, even though you weren't associated. And I think that all started with Newcastle and Anna Kendrick's great commercial a few years ago that has been put up as the gold standard for people to try to emulate every year. So let's break down what you just said. So you said when it's all said and done, it's probably eight figures for a Super Bowl spot when you consider the $5 million for the airtime and then the production if you're hiring a celebrity Break that down a little more for us. I mean, I know you don't have exact details on what celebrities are paid and things like that, but you've got the initial five. 
break down the rest of like production, average production, celebrity. What does that look like? Because I get asked that question all the time. I'm going to give you ranges, which is not a cop out, but it's reality. No, it's fine. On how a commercial is shot. So production for a Super Bowl ad could be a half million dollars, could be a million and a half dollars, but it's certainly in that range. Okay. Celebrity talent can range from 200,000 to a couple million or more, depending on the number of celebrities you are using in the campaign. And if you are running the ad as a one-time ad for that day or that week, or if it's the beginning of a six-month program with additional name and likeness rights and more time needed from the client too. Then you have a PR program. Somebody has to take this content and disseminate it to the media or other advocacy groups. You may be hiring influencers to share that message socially or to their communities. You may be bringing celebrities from the ad or additional celebrities into San Francisco, walking Radio Row, talking to the media. So there's that media, there's dollars associated with the fees you're paying a PR firm and any execution costs. Then there may be events and promotions that you're doing outside of San Francisco and billboards that you see at airports or in major cities and events that are taking place at venues or locations that have mass public and mass attendance. So there's a lot of different areas that one can do uh, to spread a message, and it, but it, it adds up. David Schwab, the managing director of Octagon First Call. He's a celebrity and brand partner va- partnership expert. Uh, he's joining us here on Sports Business Radio. So, David, I think most people would agree that Cam Newton and Peyton Manning are the two biggest names that are going to be playing in Super Bowl 50. So companies are not going to have access to them leading up to the Super Bowl. What's the best way to activate those guys in the Super Bowl? Most NFL top players. You already know when you are signing a contract with Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady uh, or J.J. Watt that the contract language is already written and really could be for anybody that you are not going to have access to a player if they're in the game. There's an off chance that for a big key client that one of those players can sneak away for an hour of a corporate schmoozing at a hotel and Sometimes the corporate partners of the team are sitting in the same hotel as the players. So there's the ability to do that. They're certainly not going to parties and doing other media hospitality. So the key for a brand is to take their partnerships and the content that they've created over the last nine months, excuse me, and use it in the best way. Brands should always be thinking about content that they can use Super Bowl week so that if they don't have the ability to use camera Payton, they may have shot some video in the past or really quickly uh, in Denver or Carolina 10 days ago, taking 30 minutes of one time or 15 minutes of a time or a selfie video that you can share. That may be content uh, that goes out uh, on YouTube and socially and Facebook and Twitter, or it could be key messages of thank you for your support that go directly to brand's key customers. And maybe it's a message that Cam or Peyton is sharing to a Walmart exec 
for one of their corporate partners that does a lot of business at Walmart. There's a lot of different ways you can get around not having time this week. Have you ever heard of a company who has had the foresight to say, like, let's say at the beginning of the season, hey, just in case you're in the Super Bowl, we're going to shoot something with you that we can have in the can. So we recommend for brands all the time to get things in the can. Now, typically, that comes out around holiday time frame, and we could be shooting a TV ad in May, and in that downtime when the producers and directors are setting up, getting on camera 15 Christmas and Hanukkah messages that are going to be shared seven months later, and you don't have to worry about it. Less likely to do for the Super Bowl, but it's also not an unfair ask to call an agent or call manager or call talent, depending on where the relationship is, after or during the playoff run and saying, here are five people that I would love a selfie video on that if you could shoot it and share it with me, and we will disseminate it on Super Bowl morning. That can be done in two minutes of time, and depending on what the relationship you have with the agent or the player, it can be done. What if you're a B-list player? You're not Cam Newton, you're not Peyton Manning. Let's say you're Demarius Thomas or you're Jonathan Stewart. Do you have any time leading up to Super Bowl to do something? Obviously, you're not going to make an appearance at a party, but like as far as shooting something for a commercial or just what's the availability of the the non-marquee players? Yeah, it's the same as the marquee players this week. Once they, once they get to town, they've got one mission, and that is to win the Super Bowl. What they don't want to do is do something as a one-off that could be perceived to take away from their studying of game films or being prepared for the Super Bowl. The reality is what they do on Sunday isn't because of a two-hour production day, but the perception is it could be. Uh, But last week, for sure, there may have been time to do one-off appearances and best assured, the agent or manager slash publicist making the phone calls right now to set up retail appearances, autograph signings, hosting at bars and nightclubs for the weeks and months post-game two. Super Bowl 50 is taking place in San Francisco. You've got some of the biggest digital social media companies in the world, Facebook, Twitter, Google, and many others there. What does it mean to have this Super Bowl there, and what are those companies doing to kind of take advantage of everyone being in their backyard? There hasn't been a lot of buzz publicly about what they're doing, but I am sure there are a lot of corporate uh, entertainment mingling, B2B opportunities, Everyone's fighting for the same attention and the same player or coach or Hall of Famer and media coverage, too. San Francisco's a unique market. You've got a great plethora of former players, Hall of Fame players that reside right there. Ronnie Lott, Tim Brown, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, Roger Craig, Steve Mariucci. So the those guys are going to be going from company to company, non-sponsor, sponsor, tech, non-tech, probably starting tomorrow all the way through the game. If you're someone like Joe Montana, give our audience, and again, a range of, because I've been at the last two Super Bowls, and I, you know, DirecTV and ESPN and all these people are having parties. 
What does someone like Joe Montana get for going to those parties? Is it part of a deeper relationship, or is he getting a one-off appearance fee? Most most players are not paid to go to a party. Payment at a party is typically for the musical artist, or if there's another business association with doing specific media interviews on their behalf at the event. If they are going simply walking the red carpet, smiling to photographers, and walking in to enjoy themselves with a few guests, they're just being invited in and the talent has accepted. Last question for you. There was kind of news last year about Super Bowl halftime. And, you know, should the NFL pay the performers? Should the performers pay the NFL? Do they just say, hey, it's a trade and we're helping each other? What do you think is most effective for that relationship? Because I think you could make a pretty good argument either way. Yeah, I think it's right down the middle. It depends on where the artist is right now and if they have a future single album or other marketing needs that they have. Uh, Super Bowl certainly wants to stay fresh and relevant each year, so it behooves them for finding the best possible talent in the world. Uh, I, I think it works well for both of them. David Schwab, the managing director of Octagon First Call. He's a celebrity and brand partnership expert. You can follow him on Twitter at David underscore Schwab. David, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Podcast this show and any other past SBR episode at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back with more SBR, powered by Postano, after this. Sophia Berger. I want to tell you about the Pixie Project. The Pixie Project matches pets to the right people. The Pixie Project takes pride in finding matches for both people and animals. The Pixie Project also offers low-cost veterinary assistance. My family worked with the Pixie Project to adopt our lovable puppy, Scotty. He's a great addition to our family. So if you get a dog or cat, kitten or puppy, you should go to the Pixie Project. To learn more about the Pixie Project, visit them at www.pixieproject.org. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. We are back to wrap up this edition of Sports Business Radio. I want to thank our friends at Pastano for powering Sports Business Radio. Find them on Twitter at Pastano or online at Pastano.com. Thanks to our guests, Brian Cheek from Pastano. Brian Gordon from The Engine Shop, and David Schwab from Octagon. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, and Doug Zanger. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Just go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We're rated in the top 50 business news podcasts. You can also find our show via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps. Also find us on Audioboom. Just go to audioboom.com and type in Sports Business Radio. Follow me on Twitter at SB Radio. Our Twitter feed was named to the top 50 sports business must-follows on Twitter by Forbes for 2015. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Sports 
Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock, he's the executive director of the Bull Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio.